Sandito, and it was like a, it was a well, you can guess what it was. It was a fucking burrito filled with ham and cheese. That was it. It no. was like the company that made both items just ran out of all their shit and went, well, there's still ham and cheese and too many tortillas, right. so let's wrap that shit up. And then that guy got a raise and did a bunch of cocaine and crashed his car. But <laughs> So I took it, and I microwaved it, and then I took it outside, and I shoved my hands in it. And walked home in the cold, using it as like a fucking burrito muffler. <laughs> and when I got home, I ate it off my hands. And <laughs> nice. when I woke up the next morning, I was missing skin from the top of my knuckles uh, on both hands. No, also, I'm a delicious. <laughs> I didn't. That's how cold it was. That's how stupid I was. And that's how attached I was to my denim jacket. And then they've made their way in and out of my life. Like, I'll, I'll have one till I lose it, and then I won't, and then I'll... You know, a couple years later, I'll end up with another one. Because you can so. get the ones that are, like, lined. Oh, uh, here up. He's doing the level check there. So, uh, so you, uh, I mean, you can get the ones that are lined, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, um, I, yeah, this one has some big holes in it. But I just, um, yeah, it's just like an all-around coat. I just, I, I, I'm still, uh, I'm still a den- I mean, and I, and I hate Springsteen. I I, yeah. I I like Springsteen. <laughs> I don't really. Like. <laughs> no, I like when I was in college. My I, really I, like I lived either. for the replacements. My I I followed the replacements like people follow the dead. Save that. Save save this here. Are we good? Yeah. Good levels. All right. I'll give this a proper intro. We'll get going here. Oh yeah. Was any of that recorded? I don't. I don't. Maybe a little bit, but no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we're good to go. I'm gonna check the time here. All right. That's good. I want to talk about the replacements. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, yeah, here, we'll do this. All right, this is it. Here we go, episode 191, No Laugh Track Podcast, Acme's podcast here. I'm the host, Justin Severson. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. As always, I'm here with a first-time guest on this podcast, and I'm very excited. I've been a fan for a long time, and it is Greg Barrent, and he's hey, sitting right across from me. How are you, buddy? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we uh, we've already chatting yeah, off yeah, mic. We I don't know if it's going to make it to the show about jean jackets. So we're yeah, starting pretty. Because I'm wearing a jean jacket. With pretty a hole, controversial hole start here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jean jackets are pretty controversial. I've always been that. I've always been on the edge of shit. Even at 52, I'm still fucking. <laughs> Uh, you know, throwing people with my off-center fashion of denim coat. As I was, uh, as I was saying that uh, I worked a Bruce Springsteen concert a few yeah. weeks back, and I've never seen so many people in their forties, fifties, and sixties wearing jean jackets in yeah, one so place. Yeah, I'm see, I'm a nice guy. Otherwise, I'd take offense to that because I don't like Springsteen. <laughs> I don't like that group of people you're talking about. Uh, uh, and the the replacements wore denim, so there you go. Damn right, you know. And that's why when I was in college, I lived. I I followed the replacements like people follow the dead. Nice. Like I, that was my band. That was my shit. Well, all my buddies, all my buddies, like the we love the replacements and we loved REM. But the replacements, we yeah. were like on the ground floor. Well, both bands we were on the ground floor. Like bought the records in record stores, not really knowing who they were, having maybe heard one song on college radio. Yeah, I was gonna say, where were you hearing the replacements? Where were you living? Radio. That yeah. was it, you know, through the grapevine, through your friends that listen to punk rock and that kind of stuff, and we got in, you know, on Hoot Nanny, and yeah, we, uh, uh, we just loved them, man. And they came to our school and played in a tiny venue, and yeah, they were incredible, you know. And I saw them so many times; it was like I saw them stink the joint up. I saw them. Those you know, shows happened, yeah. Yeah, I and I saw them be miraculous. You know what I mean? I've saw them play, you know, like play shows that, you know, maybe the best shows I ever saw in my life. Have you gone to see Westerberg solo as well? You know, I did not we we I split with the band. I went with Tommy. Oh. 
I love Westerberg, but I just love the replacement. So you, you, Even I think he's doing the song. I felt like mommy and daddy got divorced. I didn't like it. And my parents have been together the whole time. So it's the closest I've ever come <laughs> to a divorce, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, I understood it. I understand it as an artist. I understand it. Yeah. I absolutely understand it. The problem is, um, a lot of the songs that, that he did afterwards or things that he handed to other bands, um, uh, they could have been replacements hits. So I, I, I sort of, you know, the replacements were just on that verge of a backlash that he gave to Joan Jett, where he sang backups. It could have just gone the other way, and they yeah. could have they and they could have run a replacement song, and it was so hooky and so cool. And um, I can't, we are the young or whatever it was the song he gave to the Goo Goo Dolls. But I just, yeah, I was sort of resentful for a long time, and then I realized, well, that's all we're going to get. So I like some of it, but not. Not the same way I felt about the replacements. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. It's sad. I grew up, you know, in the Twin Cities here in St. Paul. There, you know, this was, was their home. Yeah, but I mean, when this they was were a, big. I didn't know. I was too. I was a little too young, and I didn't have like the older, cool. Well, brother this is also like, was like you got to listen to these guys. Yeah, and this was like the beginning of like when the scene started happening. So there was that Athens scene that happened first that spawned REM, and yeah. then you know people forget it was Husker Du and Soul Asylum, yeah. and Curtis A, and like there was a lot of. There are a lot of cool bands from out of here, you know. Curtis A. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good name oh, yeah. Yeah, so I really like that. And that's my era of music, the sort of post-punk era. Yeah. So I really loved um, I loved all that stuff. And uh, and those guys were important to me, you know. Um, uh, I think even, like, creatively, just that idea that, like, it can be sloppy and still have heart, or it can be sloppy and not be uh, shitty. Yeah. You know, that was sort of their thing, you know. Um, I think that, 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 yeah, I think that was sort of part of what was missing when Paul went solo. It was like, we were like, well, all these guys on your record can play. But when you're, when you're limited by your band, I feel like you write better songs, you know. I, I have to uh, say that um, uh, what, Slim, Slim Dunlap. Yeah. He, I just I because we're talking about the replacements. I have to mention him. I used to go see him. He's still alive, but he's not yeah. not well. Right? Not well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Slim, you're the best, man. I know you don't listen to this. Maybe somebody is, but um, that knows you. But my God, we used to go see him at a club in St. Paul called the Turf Club. Right. We'd play around every Christmas, and oh, the best. Yeah. Now Freaking he was super best. cool. I mean, you know, once you lost Bob, it was that's a that was a tough seat to fill. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, and Slim was perfect, and uh, um, and I think uh, uh, they uh, and they made some good records with him too. I don't believe like the only records good ones are the ones with Bob. But there you go. You know, but at, at the very end there, at uh, at don't tell a soul, don't tell a soul, don't tell a soul. Yeah, it started to get a little bit like oh well, not I don't even think anyone on the band's on this record. Yeah, so. So, well, so you're here at Acme. Yeah. We're in a comedy club. Yeah, so I have a fondness for this place having only been here twice. I already had I had a vision of what it was like in my head from the music. I knew what a Skyway was before I got here. Ha! Right! Yeah. I knew what it was. Skyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, I thought it was not a metaphor. It was a thing. It's an actual thing. <laughs> they're still here. And they're still yep. here. What, when was your first trip to Minneapolis? Um, I came out here... I came out here years and years... Like when I was, a, when I was an opener... Uh, to do a Hanson run. Uh, oh, wow. Scott Hanson had a, yeah, and it was me and a guy named Ken Bradley and Mike Gandolfi, and we ran all over the, whatever those things, you know, crisscrossed here up into Wisconsin and sure. North Dakota, wherever it is you go, yeah. wherever that. Probably did know. a VFW or two. Probably, yeah, and we did, and we did a lot of places where uh, that was clearly the last show they were ever going to have there. That's how bad we all were. So I think, <laughs> like, 
you know, uh, and I, I stayed at my friend Ken's place and, you know, I was making $200 a week or something. But, um, so that was in the, that was like in the early nineties, like 91, 92, something like that. And then, uh, and then I came back in 2005 and did, I was here. Yeah, at Acme, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I like to wait 11 years between revisits. And now 11 years later, here I am. Yeah. So I'm stoked to be here. I was telling you that, um, you know, out at the bar here before we started that I was working in radio for 15 years. And I was at the radio station when you came in. So I do remember that, 2005. And yeah. And you know, I was thinking, like, I haven't seen your name in so long yeah. back in town here. So it really has been that long. Yeah, it has been a long time. Wow. Well, you know, it's just one of those it's just one of those things. Show business is like that. Some places some places you end up, you know, I go to Denver every nine months and then you some like places, them more, that's what you're saying. Was that you like them more, is what you're saying. Well no, I'm <laughs> here I'm like the cicada. You know, I'm like an event that happens that kind of freaks people out and I don't like it. I, I'm a bug that hatches from the ground every yeah, 17 years or so. It was in the stars. It was meant to be. Yeah. It happened this week. Yeah. How was last night? Great. Great? Yeah, last night was great. This is a great club. Yeah. Everybody knows this is a great club. Mm-hmm. You know, it has that reputation in the comedy world as well as in the in the, in the the larger world. But in the comedy world, this has always been one of the, you know, this one, the comedy works, um, uh uh, uh, Charlie Goodnights in North Carolina. Like, there's some clubs that have been around long enough, and their reputation precedes them. The guys at Helium are putting those clubs together are really good. Yeah. You know, there have been improvs. Another one, like, you, you, it's hard not to hit the ball out of the park. There, you know, there's just places where they've cultivated good comedy crowds. Yesterday, I was uh, I wasn't on the internet all day. Always have to qualify that. Yeah. Because I think people assume everyone's always connected. I gave it up a couple weeks. Twenty four hours. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after the after the after the Christie endorsement of Trump, I I lost faith in everything, and I decided I can't be on the internet anymore. I can't. I can't. It was personal, more just like I just. It, I'm, it's a time suck, and it's yeah, an echo chamber, and it's just there's just, and there's just too much negativity on there. And I was I felt like I was it, that negativity was sort of seeping into my own world, you know, whether I sought it out or whether it was just there, and. Um, and I started to feel like it was bad for me. And then I saw, thought, I wonder what my life would be like if I just didn't. You know, I, every once in a while, because of because of this, uh, because of touring and stuff, I have to, like, you know, tweet out a date or tweet a, something I'm doing. But I don't interact anymore. I don't go on my – I haven't gone on my actual Facebook page or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's been remarkable. Do you, you're happy with this decision, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't need – I don't relate. I don't rely on pop culture to write my act. I just not. I'm not a. You know, I'm not one of those guys. And that's not a dig at right. all. That's a. I mean, shit. There are guys that can make meals out of a Kardashian tweet, yeah. and I that I think is fantastic. That's just never been my brand, you yeah. know. And so, it's easier for me to. My head is clearer, and I write better if I'm not inundated with what everyone's doing, and you know. Um, uh, just, you know, there's just too much information yeah. for me, for me to be able to handle. How about television then? You know, well, I'll watch shows, yeah. but I won't. News? Only when I'm on the road, I'll, I'll watch a little MSNBC. You know, I, I swing left, so I'll, I'll watch a little MSNBC sure. so I can echo chamber my own thoughts. And I do want to keep up with it, but I just don't want the fighting and the thing and the tweets and the shittiness and all that crap. Like, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. And also, I just think as a man, being the father of two girls, Seeing your dad on Twitter or take a selfie just seems fucking pathetic. <laughs> and that's just me. 
It's just me. I'm not judging. I have friends that are on Twitter all day long, and I have friends that are really good at it, and that is not about you. That is only about me and the way I want to be seen by my daughters and the way I want to be seen by my wife. My wife finds the Internet incredibly unsexy. So, you know, that's another reason to like kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, too, am a father of uh, two daughters. Yeah, there you go. See, Mm -hmm. that's the best. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. And you make a good point. Yeah, I don't... When I was uh, probably, you know, like my daughters, they're nine and uh, or nine and seven. Right yeah. Now. When I was their age, you know, what electronics was my dad using? A calculator? He was a math teacher? Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I mean, my father's an early adapter to the internet and my father still is on it and he, whatever, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he has a Facebook pro- profile somebody made for him. But he's not interested in that part of it. He likes going on and using the information aspect of it and reading or whatever and that kind of thing. Uh, and that's also fine. I just feel like, yeah, it's just not a good look on an older man just looking at himself or looking at his phone all the time. I think you just want to have more faith in the captain of your ship. Yeah. That he's worried about how many fucking retweets he got. Like, we, to me, that's just yuck. Yeah, we had a conversation here at the club last week about Snapchat. You familiar? You've heard of that. Yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. You you don't have a Snapchat account. Neither do I. Here's the thing about Snapchat that I found interesting. I knew what it was when it came around, and it was a thing where you could disappear a video. That seemed like that was what the whole point of it was. That's was what like I thought. That, like that. But now it's turned into my kids use it. Okay, yeah. Like that's their one social media thing they love. I mean, they have an Instagram account, and I still have an Instagram account because I'll like, like I put up a bunch of pictures of. So I put some replacement stuff up last night to let people know I was here, and I I I like taking a photo of anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just like that photography aspect of it, and I don't mind looking at people's photos. But, but um, but uh, um, they use Snapchat. My girls, that's they think the other stuff's kind of silly. Okay, but, and they're younger; they're ten and thirteen. Yeah. But they like their little stories, and the, they've got all those little things on there that makes faces and all that shit. Yeah, I've so, seen it now. My wife has it. Yeah, so I think, and my wife has it too to make sure my girls are. And check. Good. But I don't need to be on there for any reason. It's an unsafe – any place is an unsafe place for a man who's you – know, just – you know, That was my conclusion last week is I'm too freaking old. I'm going to look like an idiot being on here. Yeah. I mean that's part of it and part of it is also, you know, uh, uh, last year I got super sick and being very close to dying. So like my – I don't want to waste my time. I don't want like to me like I, I wasn't when when my life was flashing before me in that weird way it doesn't really do that but you do suddenly have a like yeah. your priorities shift really quickly. I wasn't thinking about Twitter or any I wasn't thinking about stuff that I've wasted a lot of time with. My my you have to understand I'm a guy who did I I went all in on the internet. I had tried to get followers and I blah, 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 I'm posting this and trying to be good at tweeting and all that kind of shit. I did it all because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Yeah. I found that it also just did not even help my comedy that much. It didn't even help my ticket sales, you know. And so I I and I you know even if you ask the crowd they're like eh, about Twitter they're okay but that's not how they got here. Yeah. So yeah, I've, as time goes on, I'm hearing more and more comics say that is you know I could tweet whatever the hell I want about a big show. Not doesn't really change it. They don't care. That's when not what they the, want. Yeah, like you're saying, you ask the audience, they're like, uh, that's not how I. That's not what they're following you yeah. for. I mean, they will then complain that they did they missed you when you were in town, and you were like, I don't, I don't know, how to, I don't <laughs> right. know how to help you with that. It's on my tour. You know, I have a website. <laughs> I have a. It, it's on my Facebook page. I have. A, there's an app called Bands in Town, and it just automatically tweets for me. Yeah. When my things are obsessively, so my thing looks like it. They all look like they're spam for me. I saw which, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just insane because there's so many shows here in this 
at this club this week, and you have to put in every individual show. That just goes gung, 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 gung. Oh, it just pays right, right. There's just a zillion of them. Yeah. Same picture, same thing. I'm yeah, sure yeah. people are disappointed. But <laughs> the people in Minneapolis are going to the show because they saw that thing. That's all I care about. Yeah. And I'm sorry to anybody else who's bothered by that. But I think people want content. And that's fair enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is fair enough. You know, Twitter is going to be a thing where people's Twitter fo- t- people don't want to be. If you follow Kanye, you're going to find out a million different ways when his record's coming out. That's not why you follow Kanye. Yeah. Good point. You know, to be fair, that guy uses Twitter to his advantage or all our disadvantage, but he uses <laughs> Very it much so. as a platform to be Kanye. Yeah. And that's what people are looking for from your Twitter feed. They're not looking for your dates. Yeah. You know, so, and I don't tweet well, so I don't, you know what I mean? And I also don't, I don't want to watch, you know, as this election goes on, I just, I can't watch my friends fight about this anymore. I can't watch people bully each other anymore. It makes people too comfortable with being mean. There was an article about it today, I think on the cover USA Today, about how people are really comfortable being mean with each other. And, you know, um, I I feel like, yeah, it's it's a not a good it may not be it may be backfiring on some on some level so i asked my uh like i said my daughters are seven and nine when i was seven or nine or eight or anywhere in that age i don't think i was paying attention to any i don't think i could have named who was running for president if that was around that time right i started asking i asked my daughters to see what they'd say i started naming names of the candidates and they had a little something to say about all the major i couldn't fucking believe it and i asked them about donald trump my nine-year-old said he's he's the worst person that there is and I said, why? Because he says mean things. That's, that's gotten re- to her. She's gotten that. That's that he says really mean things. really interesting, man. Yes. And my daughters do. And, that, and, I, and, so, and I don't know if that's a bad thing or if it should or shouldn't be on their plate. Yeah. So I get confused about that because on, on the other hand, they can't vote. There's nothing they can do about it. You know, I'm just have always been, a, you know, a super lefty. But very quiet about it. I mean, I'll say it, but yeah. I don't fight people about it. I don't talk policy with other people. I don't, right. you know, I have my feelings, but I don't, because it's useless. I find that, uh, that's another just waste of time. We can talk about something else and I don't need to be in conflict with you. Right. Um, but uh, the, um, but my kids, yeah, I don't know. I, they they do, they absolutely know who Ted Cruz, and they, they, they at least know, I mean, Kasich I probably is a name they wouldn't know yet, but maybe, after, who knows. <laughs> but they definitely know Trump and Obama and Clinton, and yeah. they are asking who we're voting for and that kind of thing. Bernie, you know, they know mm-hmm. the whole, they know the whole drill. So, um, I, it, and that's, you know, I don't know, well... I can't remember. I do kind of remember. I remember Nixon and I remember the Nixon McGovern thing. Okay, yeah. I, I remember like- Watergate, but Watergate was such a huge scandal that it sort of made you wildly aware of politics. But I checked out for a while. I checked out during Reagan's presidency, and I checked out during Reagan Ford. I kind of came back in when the first Bush, and then Clinton is when I kind of rejoined after college. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm doing the math here. Yeah, I, you know, when I was their age, I guess that was Reagan years. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get talked about in, in my house, so it wasn't really on my radar. No, there certainly wasn't internet back then. No, or... and all the punk bands I knew just fucking hated him. So you just like <laughs> right. that was all I knew is that people just fucking hated him, and you know what I mean. And he was a, I mean, we were, I remember him being a, I mean, he was a punchline. You know, they saw, they, they they reinvented him as this incredibly great figure, but as I recall, he was, I mean, at least where I lived, wildly unpopular and made fun of quite a bit, and thought to be a bit, a bit of a dolt. Um, you know. 
I brought was... up the fact to my uh, to my wife yesterday that he used to – oh, because she said, do you know what the other – what's the rest of the world going to think of us? You know, we were watching for 10 minutes. We watched some of this primary stuff from last mm-hmm. night and um, – Donald Trump is gaining all this, you know, more and more momentum. And, you know, we're just disgusted in our house with that. And uh, she's going, what is the rest of the world going to think when if he actually becomes our president? I, uh, and she referred to him as a reality TV star. Right. And I said, you know, Ronald Reagan used to act in movies with a monkey. And yeah. she said, yeah, but that's charming. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I possibly. But what, <laughs> what, what I can tell her is that. We will only confirm what the world already thinks about us. Ah. We will only confirm it. The Uh world already, if you travel much, and I have quite a bit in the last four or five years. I've spent a lot of time in Australia. I've been to South Africa. I've been to parts of Europe. They they already think that about us. They think all the things – like they believe that we are – we we believe the same things that Trump believes about how we should be seen in the world as though that's our place in the world. Yeah. And I always think like, God, wouldn't it, you know, and Australians and Canadians sometimes have this like feeling of being ignored or left out. And I was like, God, dude, it would be so nice to be ignored and left out. Yes. Gives a shit. Who wants to be a player on the main stage? You're, I, I've been to Australia. It's a giant European California. Like it's, except their bugs are scary. But the the <laughs> the it, it's it's um uh they don't think well of us. Or at least again, echo chamber. It's the group of people that I'm around when I'm in Australia, right, right. which are comedians and other people. So I, I don't know if that's entirely true. But we're not as enamored as we think we are, and we shouldn't be. Our our sense of self since I've grown up. The idea of it, like you were just raised to think America's number one, we're the best at everything and blah, blah, blah. Like you were just – it was said in schools. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just as much propaganda as anywhere else. And then you get to be, well, why, why do we have to be? What do we – What? The, that's an insane precedent to put not only on the country but on the populace. Mm-hmm. That that's the idea of – you know, I was thinking about all the 80s movies that – I watched when I was a kid and you realize like a lot of the plots of those 80s movies are about young kids getting out of factory towns and they're always shown the the towns are always grimy and shitty and their parents are just stuck there drones in the factory world as opposed to the fact that like factory jobs pay a lot. Some of them are highly skilled and Mm -hmm. we'd be fucking killing for those jobs right now. Like we demonize this thing and now it's gone and... You know what I mean? We uh-huh. are, 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 it's a, um, it's a uh, Slim Dunlap song. I, I really hate this town. Yeah. Back when I lived here. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. It's really strange to be, um, it's really strange what we did because I think we, the 80s was that thing of like get wealthy and it was a like a, it was a sh- sort of a shunning of the working class or the, whatever you would call it, the middle class yeah. even. Like you can all be better. It's like, well, what's wrong with just being fine? You know? Uh, I like Bruce Springsteen looks like he's fine, but he's actually better. <laughs> but that's not his fault that he's popular. I don't dis. I just don't. I'm just not a fan of Springsteen's music. I think the man is awesome. But the I, show that he did, he's doing like a full album in concert, The River. Uh huh. And I, you know, like I'm not sure. A fan. Uh, lot of slow songs. Even the even these hardcore slow sold out Springsteen fans walked out. No, no intermission. So you know, you got to pick your spots to go hit the uh, can or go get another beer. Oh yeah. The slow songs come out. And it was a rush of people into the hallways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah there was uh, – uh, I don't – you know, some things aren't always worth a revisit. I uh, – you know, it, it's Full funny. House? 
Full House, no. The Replacements, yes. <laughs> yeah. Guns N' Roses, no. Right. The Pixies, yes. Certain things were perfect in the in the beauty of their youth. You know what I mean? The Replacements still look like janitors on leave. Yeah. Still. You yeah. know what I mean? They still look like they're still reckless. Like they're just the old man version of the same kids that they were trying to be. They were old. They were cranky old men when they were little kids. Uh-huh. So it's fine. And the Pixies were always round and strange anyway. So that's okay. But Van Halen doesn't look like Van Halen. And Guns N' Roses isn't Guns N' Roses. And I don't want to see... When Axel came out, he was almost controversially ahead of his time because he dressed like a San Francisco street chicken, like a a gay, a young male prostitute would (laughs) in that mesh jersey with the fucking tight bike pants and the big shoes and the thing. That's the way all the hookers down on on Polk Street looked like when I in the in the the 90s. Like that was they were called chickens. And 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 not to be demeaning, I'm just saying that yeah, frame it time time frame reference. I don't I'm not. Please, if you're gay, you're not calling people out as chickens anymore. No, that's just what that right. that's what other gay men would call them. Mm-hmm. They were street hustlers who were looking for junk, and they called them chickens. So anyway, Axel adopted that look out of nowhere in a you know in a straight guy's band or whatever, right. and so it was kind of that. Now he just looks like he could be a part of the Trump campaign, just a fat dude that loves you know what I mean. And I don't know that. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. And and call me um, a body shamer. Or whatever, but then how do I like the Pixies? Frank Black certainly not tinier. No, it's it's about I think the memory you had mm-hmm. and and what they sold you originally, and how you know to me they it's not that it'll be bad. I just don't they can't I don't they, I won't believe it now. Yeah. I don't believe David Lee Roth. I now. just recently went and saw Babes in Toyland again. Oh wow! And How they got is that? back together after How is that? 10, ten or so years off. Incredible. I love Babes in Toyland. Yeah, they're super cool. Did yeah. they all wear? Did they wear the dresses? Uh, did not, they wear the baby doll dresses? No, not the classic baby doll dress that oh, you remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah, still screeching and spitting and kicking. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I awesome. remember the baby doll dress controversy when I was a kid because, you know, the idea was that. Um, that Courtney took that from Babes in Toyland, but then Babes in Toyland supposedly took it from Kim from the Muffs. But Kim from the Muffs got it from the male lead singer of the Leaving Trains. Oh wow! Yeah, he was the first guy to wear a baby doll dress on stage. Holy! And cow. he dated both Courtney and Kim. Uh, and uh, and uh, so it was, you know, it was a viral thing. You know what I mean? But it started by a dude, <laughs> yeah. the baby doll dress. Wow, that's so that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Um. So, oh, yeah, I want to say, so yesterday when I wasn't uh, online, I finally got online at about 6 o'clock, mm. a little after dinner, and then I see things have exploded over here at Acme with a, an announcement of a 5 o'clock show tomorrow. Oh, my God, I got Did a phone call. Did you get call. your tickets? Somebody, somebody called me and said, uh, oh, dude, what happened? I, I, I guess you're not playing on Thursday? I was like, what? They're like, Hannibal's playing Thursday. I was like, oh, fuck. Why is it That's weird. It seems like my manager would have called me. Yeah, right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm the... F- <laughs> Hannibal, so they didn't, you know, Lewis didn't take my show away from me, which was sweet. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind going to an 8 o'clock Hannibal show. I don't know if I can go to a 5 o'clock Hannibal show. I think I'll be running. But uh, Hannibal's <laughs> doing a show here at 5 o'clock tomorrow. So uh, he is uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a great comedian. He's a great comedian. And he, and uh, and I guess he's doing a 7 o'clock somewhere else. Can I just have... A, just a small bit of the comedy population, Hannibal. Could that would that be all right? The I problem mean, is you announced your show too soon. You have to do it like two days before. Then you, for me, that's <laughs> that's well, that's what my career is. My career is called Hal Sparks canceled, <laughs> and then I I fly in overnight. So um, I uh, I because uh, he got real work. So I have to. Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, the Hannibal Burst thing made me laugh. Yeah, 
Um, it threw me off. I'm going, what? Who? What? How is? If he can sell tickets at five o'clock in the afternoon on a fucking Thursday, yeah. I mean, you know, bless his heart. Good mm-hmm. for him. You know, and he's look. He's a he's he's not he's one of those guys that at this point it's not even um he's not even just a stand up. He's a sort of a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. And I, what I mean is is like is like sometimes comics transcend into that thing of like they're not just good and popular. There's also something about Hannibal that speaks to now. You know, not just the Cosby thing, but that just he has a he's captured something. And he and even at the beginning when. uh when he was starting, I remember we were on some we were on a show together somewhere with some collective of like five comics or something like that. It was mm-hmm. some, some show, and uh, and someone had said to me, "This kid's going to be huge." And I remember watching him and going, "Fuck, he is going to be huge. Yeah. Like, he just has a thing, you know." So good on him, man. You're not going to pop in and do a set on that one. Going to let Hannibal have the stage. Yeah. I'm going to gracefully let him have his own stage. <laughs> All right. You know, and it's also five o'clock. So to be honest with you, I just I don't. Other than this, I don't really want to be in a comedy club <laughs> while the lights are on. It's it's like living in Los Angeles, which is like a bar, <laughs> Los Angeles is just a bar with the lights on. I was um, just describing. I was uh, to a friend's parent uh, yesterday. He's like, "You still doing that podcast?" And he wanted to know some more details about it. I said, "Yeah, you know, we sit in the club during the day." Where no one, there's no audience. Maybe I bring a friend along sometimes. My yeah. wife used to come when she was my girlfriend. Uh, yeah. um, I said, so yeah, for some comics, they look out and it's empty and it's sort of daunting for them. Like it's, they're just not used to it. Just a big, yeah, just a big empty room. I've seen plenty of empty rooms, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm quite comfortable. I wasn't trying to set you up for that. No, no, no. I liked it though. <laughs> Ah, uh, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, uh, Greg. I got really excited. Uh, my notes are overflowing. I actually had to go on to a second page. Oh, wow. That's that amazing. Happen. That doesn't happen. Um, I'm just going to pick and choose here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. It may not be in a, the, a good order to doesn't follow along, but who cares, right? Uh, this one stood out to me. So one of my favorites that I get to talk to next week is Jimmy Pardo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do another podcast with him. Yeah. I saw that you, uh, and it's still up for auction, right? For the podcast. Yeah, for the podcast-a-thon. It should still be there. Uh, I put up um, my very first custom guitar that somebody built for me. Uh, it is a um, Epiphone White Flying fa- uh, flying V uh, that I had customized with. Um, so I tried to blend it with a Gretsch White Falcon. So it has uh, Filtertron pickups in it and um, uh, gold hardware and... Uh, it's it's rad and it has a um uh, a leopard print furry pick guard i mean it's it's pretty retarded yeah but uh and i mean that in that uh it's slow um <laughs> it is a it's a beautiful guitar it's got my initials at the top if you're a fan it would be it's a good thing for a fan i signed the back of it i don't know if anybody else did but uh yeah i wanted to donate to jimmy's thing because he's been so good to me and his fans have been so good to me so uh, I wanted to do something special, and I have too many guitars, and we all took a vote at the house, and that's the one that got voted okay, out. Okay, I was wondering how you saw it. All the girls that. voted it out. It's uh, As of this morning, it was up to, did you see how much it is? No. $810. That's great. Yeah. We can do better. Yeah. That's uh, three surgeries, two, oh, two fifty. Two, yeah, so that's three surgeries. So we get it up to uh, a grand. That's four surgeries. That would be amazing. For Smile Train. For Smile Train, yeah. yeah they do cleft palate work mm-hmm. on kids that can't afford it around the world, and it's uh, it's really beautiful. They're they're a great organization. And two fifty an operation, so you know you know what you're getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, for people uh, that are interested still six days left six days yeah. yeah so we'll see a jump i'm sure there towards the end but uh but go in and claim it now 
Yeah, no kidding. You put, know, put in an offer that, that uh, nobody can't can, be that it can't be can't be beat. Uh huh. I like that. Um, what else? Well, that that was a huge one I wanted to mention. Yeah, Pardo's really the best awesome. man. He's a really he's a really good person and a great 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 comedian. I um, I think the first time. I'm trying to think back the first time I ever heard your name or saw you. I don't, it might have been on a uh, podcast on his on Never Not Funny. Probably like a lot of people. The first time I did a podcast, I can't tell you how many people were like, because I had, I I started a podcast like right after the first or second one I did with Jimmy, and um, people were like, I didn't know you did comedy, or I hadn't. You know, I mean, some people were completely unaware of me. You know, um, because of the specter of the book, it just sort of changed my yeah. um, profile. Um, for those of you who are, I wrote the book, he's just not that into you, but um, so it. Uh, it was really good for me. The, the, the Never Not Funny was really good for me. Yeah. And then Dave and I, my buddy, started a podcast called Walking the Room, which is, you know, first off, not for everybody. So that might be for you listening. It's uh, and we we quit last year, which was perfect. We it's sort of a it's but it's our travails for for four years of our failing careers and. Um, you know, <laughs> drug addiction and all kinds of crazy shit that happened to us along the way. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, I, I listened to you. Got a new one. I have a several brand, new ones. Right? I have, yeah, I have. I have one that's evolving called Greg Barron and his Flying White Falcon, which is me pretending that I got my t- old talk show back, um, <laughs> and how I would do it if I had complete control, as opposed to when Sony had complete control. And the and the, it's a brilliant idea. That's Greg. a hypothesis, and then the reality is it would have been just as lame as the other show. <laughs> but um, and then uh, and then I do a parenting podcast. I got asked in the. I got asked to do. Somebody said, do you want to do a podcast before the Falcon one, which is just a live show, the, 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 and once a month. This, somebody said, do you want to do a weekly podcast? And I said, no, I do not. And they said, do you want to do a weekly podcast about parenting? And I said, even less. Even less I want to do that. Oh. Uh, because I just don't, I just, I don't know how I'm going to make that interesting every week. And then they said, do you want to do it with Bob Forrest? And I was like, well, now that's interesting. And if you don't know who Bob Forrest is, he was a lead singer for a band called Thelonious Monster who were part of the scream punk scene in the, um, in the 80s in L.A. And he also uh, is Dr. Drew's partner on Celebrity Rehab. So he's the former rock star ex-junkie who helps Dr. Drew get people sober. And he's a really, really great, great guy. There's a documentary about him called Bob and the Monster oh. on Netflix, or it was on Netflix at least for a while. And he's a, he's a real smart guy and a genuine punk and came up in that same time as the Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction and Fishbone and that kind of stuff. And he's, uh, so I, I said, yeah, that'd be fun. And then we just happen to have a little bit of chemistry and we talk about, he's got two boys from two marriages, okay. um, 23 and five. And then I have my two little girls, 10 and 13. So we have coming from different places That's talking about sure. kids. Wow. Yeah. See, I, I admit, I'll admit, I just found out about that show this week when I was doing some research on you. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. It's good. I think it's really good. I think it's, it's fun and I think we have a good time. And, it, you know, it, it, again, for people who are fans of Walking the Room, then that, that's only ever going to be Dave and I. And this is just something that, you know, came across my plate and we have it up under kids and family. It's not even under I comedy. Saw although, that. Yeah. Although it, there's plenty of, swear, it's still, you know, me swearing and him swearing and railing against the, you know, the universe and the system and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But he's um he's a really clever, interesting dude who's had some amazing experiences. So it's fun. And it's fun that we don't know each other. You know, okay. we just met. So that to me is like 
kind of kind of fun. Oh, so yeah, we'll that does add something to it. Yeah, for sure. I so I listened to the two episodes of the uh, I got a the uh, Greg Barrett and his Flying White Falcon. Mm-hmm. I listened to both. You have out so far. Yeah, like them. I like them. They're all right. The first one was pretty good. The second one kind of fell on its ass. But the the um but the uh, but now it's uh it's evolved into something different. It's going to feel a little bit more like a radio play because so we're going to treat it like an actual t- TV show, and we're going to take commercial breaks. But you'll be with me. We won't go to commercial. You'll be with me on the floor of the thing. So we're going to have a director and a producer and a head writer, and we'll be taking breaks, and I'll be talking to people that aren't there. And oh, awesome. yeah, it'll you know the we're, we're we're pretending that there's cameras there. There aren't cameras. I know there's not cameras, but we're going to act <laughs> like there's cameras. So it'll feel a little bit more like. I am prepping for a show I'm never going to have. Right. But very seriously, <laughs> prepping for a TV show. And you so, miss saying, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. I'd love to do that. We'll take a break. We'll see you in two and two. Like, I love to, like, bring it in. Welcome back. While you were gone, this is what happened. Like, I'm really good with the ramp up and the ramp down. I love to ramp it up, and I love to bring it out, and I love to throw it out. Shit, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Where am I? What's my camera? Is that my camera? Two. All right, let's do that again, and we'll be right back. I love to, like, take it over again. Yeah, so that's what it is. A lot of that, and then the interview, and then I'll have two guests. I have one guest. I usually have a comic on to help me give relationship advice um, in hopes that they'll be able to write their own book, and then I usually just interview a guest that I like. And so, like, on the one next time, this coming up month, that's uh, April Richardson from Chelsea Show is going to be my relationship and guest, and then Tom Rhodes is going to be my oh, Tom. guest guest. I know Tom. I've known Tom forever. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy I'm, I'm a big fan of, and Tom's turned his life around a lot and really doing some great stuff. He does this thing called Knowledge Nuggets every Friday. Yes, I, yeah, I They're great. Uh-huh. They're great. And he's great. He's a great guy. Yes, he is. He's been on this podcast several times. So you have one more in the can, like pre-recorded. No, that one's coming up. So oh. that one, that one is gonna. We're gonna tape in LA on the ninth, oh. on the nineteenth. Oh, yeah, okay. Once a month. Okay. And we wrote a theme song that feels like old Pentecostal music. It's it's it, the theme song's a mess. The whole thing is a mess. It's just a really ill-conceived talk show put on by my by me. But we kind of we were banging around trying to figure out what it would be. And then the last time, like this, just feels like an interview show. I don't want to do an interview show. People do them already, and they're fine but i i i want to do something that listen that you listen to and you go oh, that's fucking interesting yeah. you know that's different yeah so have you ever thought about the 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 greg Barron show the talk the daytime talk yeah show, that lasted for one season yeah one year yeah 200 or 122 episodes or 23 Jeez. something like that yeah that's a lot yeah we got the full run yeah um have you and I was looking back because uh, I did watch that you know several times I saw yeah. that, that was I knew who you were at that time I was like I gotta see what this guy's doing here and uh, so I went back today and I was trying to find on the internet of course everything's out there and I found um, the topics from some of the old shows yeah and a lot of them or several of them were like you know we're gonna do a follow up and see you know what has happened to this couple that we spoke yeah. to or whatever have right. you ever thought about go now it's been ten years have you ever thought about trying to find any of these people. And putting them on this new podcast that you're doing? Well, I mean, that's an interesting idea. And we thought, we thought about taking clips and dissecting them as well and, okay. and looking at outfits and that kind of stuff. It's just a matter of like finding the time to produce that yeah. stuff, you know? Um, I get emails from people all the time, like I was on your show and I blocked it out like it was one long, dr- like it was a, 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 like a, you know, I was sober, but I, I blocked it out like I had a blackout. Um, because I had a really? negative. Is that what happened? I don't remember anything. I, I don't, and I have a ne- and I don't. I have a terrible memory. So like people are like, I worked on your show, but you know those things are populated with a jillion people. Sure. You're doing three shows a day. They move people in and out really quickly. There's a ton of producers. Like there's just a lot of people on it. Yeah. Um. And um. 
and there are things about it. There were moments I really liked. You know, I liked making uncomfortable phone calls and breaking up for somebody or calling and telling, you know, telling them you know, for their mom and telling them they have to move out of the house. Like, I like doing that kind of stuff. Um, but I wasn't prepared to for what that was. You know, you kind of can't be. Yeah. Until you're in it, you know, and realize like, you know, um, oh, shit. We gotta do this every single day, three times. You know what I mean? It's it's really um it's it's quite a lot. It's a lo- it's a lot. Yeah. You know, you're not doing them every. They're not they're not live. Like that show was banked way ahead of time, so you wouldn't even have the the like you know we could come out today and talk about Trump for half an hour in the beginning. You know what I mean? Like you can't. You didn't have day and date, so you couldn't. Yeah. You know, everything had to be not time time sensitive. So. Do you um, have any? I have a friend that uh, at one point collected. Uh, he collected souvenirs from short-lived talk shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like I a Chevy Chase show hat or coffee mug, and he was trying to get some other stuff. Do you have? I have any a stuff? Greg Barron sweatshirt Do somewhere. You? I'm happily give him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny, you know. And it's funny that, and you know, when people come up and tell me they like the show, it's like I have to forget that like they didn't have the experience I did, and they did like the show. Mm-hmm. And I made a lot of friends, oddly enough, in the African-American community because of it or, or the black community. Or what, I, every time, I don't want to say it wrong. But, right. but I really did. Like, I mean, th- this is the best story. I'm in a hotel in Toronto. The show's been canceled, but just recently. And I'm doing a tour of – I'm going to do a big tour of Canada. Um, and I, uh, I'm standing in the lobby of this pretty nice hotel and a young black guy comes up to me and he says, hey, man, I'm a fan and my mom's a fan. Can we take a picture for my mom? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I put my arm around this guy and we hand the phone to the uh, to the bellhop and he takes a photo of us. And I noticed the guy has some tattoos. And I said, oh, hey, man, so what do you uh, what do you do? And he said, I'm a musician. And I was like, oh, cool. What do, have I heard of you? And his name, he goes, uh, maybe. My name's Nas. Yeah. Fucking dude. And I, when I tell friends that are, like in their 20s or 30s or 40s, even they're like, what the fuck? You didn't have any idea who he was? Not a clue. Not a fucking clue. Then I get in my in my car to go to the airport. I open up the uh, what Canada Today or wherever it was. On the front page of the entertainment section is a picture of Nas and an article about how he wanted to release... His album was just called The N-Word or yes, something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah and like yeah. he, I just had my arm around him and he's like, he and his <laughs> mom are fans. And I'm like, this guy's like a huge deal. And I had zero concept of it. <laughs> you know, I, and not that I don't like, I'm not a rap hater at all. I, I, I like it very much, but I, I came to it late and I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I was culturally appropriating something or yeah. I felt like a phony. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I didn't connect with it because it's fantastic and my daughters listen to it and I listen to it now in the car, but um, when they get in the car, I put it on for them specifically because um, I can't listen to Adele. I just can't do it. I can't listen to Taylor Swift. T Swift, I don't want to hear how great she is. Guys. I've quoted, I my, I've quoted my, one of my daughters on this show saying uh, that Taylor Swift is the greatest singer ever born. Yeah. I mean, people love her and there's guys that are on the line that'll defend it. I'm like, I get it, guys. I'm not, look, you know what I mean? It's that thing like, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make, nothing happens to me when I hear it. That's all I judge something by. Does something happen to me viscerally? Do I have a feeling inside? Can I academically feel it? Yes. Yeah. But do I feel anything? I don't. I don't. And so that's, that, that doesn't mean she's, first off, Taylor Swift does not need my vote. <laughs> right. She's doing great. Yeah. I do like some of Adele's music, but I can't do a whole record. I can't do a whole record of the guy that sang the James Bond theme either. Like, that's just not my jam. Yeah. You know, I grew up a certain way, and the older you get, the more you're like, look, I might die soon. 
I'm going to listen to what I like. Uh-huh. You know, when I'm alone in the car, and I'm, I'm going to stick with the things I'm comfortable with. I just saw Ben Folds in concert last Saturday. Yeah. It was the probably 10th, 11th time yeah. I've seen him. I'm yeah. sticking with him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain things that just are yours, you know? Well, speaking of uh, ACDC. Yeah. Were you a fan of them? I loved them. Yeah. I mean, I was, and I don't mean to be this guy, but because, again, I was a big fan of the Bon Scott okay. version of them because they were around when I was in high school. Yeah. And then when I went to the year I went to uh, college, they, the Back in Black record came out. Um, and I was always thought Brian was fine, but I always liked the old, I love the Sin City and Highway to Hell. I love that. I love that guy. Yeah. yeah okay. The Bon Scott guy. Yeah. Well, I just, I bred that up because now they're, you know, they're done touring. They just played here like a month ago. And now they're done. But did you hear this? Yeah, because his hearing loss. Something about his hearing. <clears throat> Look, those guys. It's how much more do they need to play? They beat the guy. I mean, literally, literally that band was just beaten to death by its own music. Yeah, <laughs> literally beaten <laughs> to death by its own music. Uh-huh. I mean, the one guy went crazy, the drummer. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> it started hiring people to kill people. And poor <laughs> Malcolm got sick. Yeah, and uh, you know the first singer didn't last very long. I mean that band is, is that's hard music to play all the time. Beautiful yeah. records though, yeah. really great guitar playing, especially the especially those first couple records. But but uh, it um, well all the way through Thunderstruck, they're they're fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, but also that's not a band. again. I saw Malcolm when he had hair. I'm not positive I can hang with an old man in short pants anymore. You know what I mean? Some things just belong to your youth. <laughs> And he's still wearing them. He's still wearing the schoolboy outfit, spinning on his back, kicking his legs in the air. Yeah. I'd love to hear him make a blues record. I'd love to hear a guitar record from him. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. I mean, whether he played with other people or whatever, his guitar playing's fantastic, you know? And, of course, people show up to the shows and, you know, dressed like him, which always just is entertaining to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you know... uh, Again, they don't need my vote. They've been doing just fine without Greg Barron's opinion uh, about Bon Scott and whether they should be playing or not. Yeah. But maybe, maybe that, maybe compare their, your crowd tonight, my crowd tonight, to their crowd last night, and we'll see really who knows what they're doing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, but just your own, my own personal opinion is, you know, there are certain things for me, whether they're worth a revisit or not, you yeah. know, and I like, and some things are just attached to your youth so much that, like, they can't, they don't travel. Yeah, you know, doesn't have that same thing. How much? Uh, I know you play guitar. Yeah. How, how much music are you playing these days? I play as much as I possibly can every second that I have free that isn't spent writing or spending time with my daughters. Yeah. So I um uh, and you my have wife. A band? My wife's in a band right now. I, I'm in the reigning monarchs. We make records. We've been making records, but Mike. My guitar player is putting letters to Cleo back together, and they're making an EP and going out this summer. So holy cow, I haven't heard that name. And in... yeah, so there he's in the, he's from Letters to Cleo. Okay, and uh, and the drummer uh, plays with Adina Menzel, so they've been on tour a ton, and he also plays with Melissa Etheridge, and um, so th- so he's out a lot. And so I started this the podcast. I thought. What if, if I had a, if I was going to do a daytime talk show, I'd just make it hosted by my band, but I'd be the band, which makes zero sense. So I got a drummer. And so it's just me and a drummer. And then I've, I, a friend of mine, I added a friend to sing a song, uh, a theme song. And now I feel like, oh, this might be the four, three of us maybe record something. So. Yeah, so that's called Greg Barron and his Flying White Falcons, but we'll probably just record under the Flying White Falcons, okay. so we'll see. Yeah, cool. We'll see. Yeah, I never don't want to keep playing guitar, and yeah. I play the same four chords over and over. I just wish I was Link Ray. That's all I wish. <laughs> Is there a, uh, 
when you're a best-selling author, mm-hmm. is there is there like a uh, plaque that comes along with that? Or no, we won a Quill Award, which was like a pretty big book award uh, when that first happened. But that's about it. Um, there's no. No, you get like you take the clippings. Your somebody sends a clipping of you as the you know having a New York Times bestseller and that kind of thing. Yeah. That stuff never really it. You know, it's so funny because I never set out to write a book, so I never. Not that I don't want to sound like I like I don't have gratitude. It was exciting and very exciting, but those it'd be like uh, it'd be like catching the biggest fish in the world, and the one day you went fishing, and suddenly you're the best fisherman that ever lived. <laughs> And you're like, but I just went fishing this one time. I don't yeah. really even like, I don't eat fish. Yeah, yeah. I just happen to be there. But you caught the biggest fish of all time. And it's so. Tell I us feel, how you did it. Right. Yeah. There's people that have been trying their entire lives just to catch something half that size. And I think part of that's why it did so well was it was written with such levity and such um, a need to get the information out with needing, with not needing to receive anything back. Neither yeah. Liz and I felt like we were going to make any more than the money we'd been paid for, which was a paltry now we got paid about 17,000 a piece, you know, 35, I think we got paid 35,000 for the book, you know, which is fine, but it's not a huge book deal for two people and certainly not something you can live off of. Right. And we didn't even assume to earn that out, you know, and at the end of the day, I think it's sold around 4 million copies. Wow. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. 4 million. Yeah. How many different languages? All of them. Every one that there is. And every spoken language. I mean, we have. I have a wall of them because they would send us. Yeah, they would send us copies of them. So we have a wall of them at the house. And the other book, too, it's called The Breakup Because It's Broken, made it into quite a few languages as well. But. Um, but yeah, he's just not that indie. He still comes out and, you know, Gaelic. I don't know. Sometimes I just invent a language and make it that. When they so. made that movie and, you know, you have this brief scene in it. Did the you want- most, I, I've been on record as saying, the single most unwarranted cameo in the history of filmmaking. Zero reason for me to be in that movie. <laughs> and Did you, you can want see- more or want less? No, I didn't want anything. Yeah. It, was, it was like, you have to understand, I say this to people. It was like winning a prize. Like, I got a book, and then they gave me two TV shows and put me in a movie and gave me a movie. Like, I, all, it was like a gigantic gift bag of all of this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So all of it was fun, and all of it was neat, and none of it I felt like I deserved or belonged. Like, when people would copy the book, and then they'd say, are you going to sue or whatever? I was like, no, 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 fuck no. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to cling on to this so hard. I wasn't clinging hard to it at the beginning, and neither was Liz, the co-author, whose idea the book really was. So I, everything was a bonus. So I didn't, we, they asked us to write a script. We wrote a script. They threw it out. We were told that was going to happen anyway. The producers had an idea of an ensemble cast. I think it was a better idea than ours, to be fair. I don't think Liz agrees, but that's fine. Okay. Then- they made the movie they made. They botched the ending by throwing the entire the entire idea behind the book gets thrown out at the end of the movie. <laughs> nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I have nothing tied to it. I thought they made a nice film. When you think of the stars that were in that movie and how epically huge they are now, yeah. fuck, there's superheroes in their movie. Fucking Batman is in that movie. You know, um, uh, what's her name from uh, from the Avengers? Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. The, mm-hmm. the what's she called? The Scarlett? What she called in the? Oh, what's that? I, superhero. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes. So, uh, um, yeah, it was a f- Bradley Cooper. Right. You know what I mean? Like there was it's it's an it was an amazing an amazing thing to get to to have happen. Yeah, yeah. Gratitude, man. Nothing but gratitude. People think I wrote the movie. I didn't. I never. You know, they, right. I, I, after a while, I just stopped saying that to people. I just said, <laughs> "Yeah, that's fine. I love your movie. Thank you very much." 
<laughs> How many more movies have you written as the follow-up? Yeah, question? right. That's the other thing. Where's the other, where's that next movie? Goodwill Hunting. Where's that next movie? Yeah, right. Did uh, it is fascinating. I mean, I apologize. I know you've talked about a lot of this stuff a billion times, but right it, it, but uh, I mean, you had. Would you say that a big break for you was like getting on Oprah? The biggest break I've ever had in my life. Right. Yeah. And nothing ever since. Nothing before or since has been like that at all and it was even since you say yeah, yeah. not like that not a big break like that yeah. i mean the, it just isn't that type of time you know what i mean i mean that was like at the time you know that was like um i don't even know what you'd compare it to because it was so many things aligning at once sex in the city had ended so there was a pining for something of that brand um Oprah gave away the cars the week before we were on. So she was at an all-time epic peak oh, no as a talk show host. Oh, yeah. You yeah. get a car, you get a car. They had, There had not been a book that addressed the situation from a man's point of view. You know, there are all these things that were happening at once. And, and in the wake of, like, Dr. Phil, you know, just having some fucking frosted tip douche come on and tell... Everybody, they shouldn't be, you know, so it was, it was, it was like a really amazing thing. And I knew as it was happening, I was like, holy fuck, this is a big deal. Yeah. I could feel it. And, you know, it was cool. The only thing that was so difficult was I had worked 15 fucking years just to get on television and be on Letterman. And, you know, that career was so sidetracked after a lot of work put in, whereas this book took a summer. Yeah. Of like, and thinking it was just going to go into Urban Outfitters. Like, we just didn't see that coming. And so it was a blessing and a curse because after it was all over, I had to rebuild my comedy career from scratch. Please don't feel sorry for me. You know, I'm not asking. I'm just telling the story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I love comedy. Yeah. And because I wanted to be seen as a comedian. And it was tough not being seen as a comedian anymore by not only fans, but by your peers. Um, oh, I bet. And 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 hey, and Greg, and, what are you doing and, now, man? And the industry. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't let me do anything that wasn't related to relationships. And that was frustrating, you know, to be honest, and I didn't handle it well. Yeah. And uh um uh looking back on it, I wish I'd made some other choices and just rolled with it, but you are who you are. You know, you you grow through your experiences and, you know, now people will take me at whatever, you know, however, you know. And again, I never had a big, huge desire to be famous either. And I and I know people go, oh, baloney, you're a comedian. There's a big difference between getting on stage and being in a room full of people and entertaining them, which is a fucking rush. Yeah. Fame outside of this particular venue is not interesting or fun. And it's. And it now can be even more harmful than it is fun for, for most people. I you have celebrity friends that fucking despise it. And yeah. I think because of the internet and not because they are unhappy or they don't have money, you're just in a different, you live it, you're living a different way. That's all. Yeah. You're living being looked at and it's uncomfortable and it, and people take shots at you and you're a person and I don't care if you're supposed to grow thick skin, blah, blah, blah. I got fucking thick skin. I'm still here, but I shouldn't, ha I shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, why why do you have to grow thick skin all of a sudden? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's a weird uh -huh. it's a weird it's a weird thing. Um and so anybody that gets like that, you know, like we're just talking about Hannibal. You know, it's gonna Hannibal's gonna go from this cool time that he's enjoying right now to not being and probably it's he gets it a little bit now, but he's gonna be a not walk down the street guy. Mm -hmm. You know? Chris yep. Rock's a not walk down the street guy. Right. You know, those guys that's a different world you live in.
Do you ever think uh, how, or just think about how, I do, think about how thankful I am that everything, that internet was just kind of starting out when I, you know, was a teen in 20s and there wasn't a picture or a video of everything I did or everything my friends did and proof that I misbehaved. And And something that has just, like, hit me hard, that's a... I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but uh, I just I just read a story last night about Hulk Hogan is in, in getting uh, in doing a deposition of, like he's you know suing this website for putting out his uh, the the sex tape mm-hmm. he has with a you know radio guy's ex wife or whatever it is right and he had to admit in court yesterday that. Uh, when he was talking about how big his penis was, he was talking as this character Hulk Hogan, and that the real guy, Terry Bollea, the real Hulk Hogan, the guy, doesn't have a 10-inch penis, and we need to make that clear. I, the fact that I'm ha- having to hear, I'm reading about Hulk Hogan describing his penis size. Here's the, here's Why? The, he, 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 well, I, that's, that's unfortunate, and I think, I think people will get savvy, and they're going to, in a little while, everyone's going to remember paper. I realize that there's no such thing as a paper trail anymore, and they're going to start writing letters. No shit. Right? People are going to be sending dick pics in the mail. <laughs> I drew this for you. And uh, <laughs> exactly, look, I really had this. I actually had these done. I went downtown and had these pictures of my penis done. They're like Street Ansel artist. Adams. Yeah, this is a fucking Maplethorpe. <laughs> I mean, look at it. This is not an ugly gray photo from my phone that can be traced. Uh, and this, and this, and this is just between you and me. And there's no, and no one's looking at the mail anymore. So who gives a shit? Yeah, no kidding. So I think that's that may be coming. But here's what's interesting. Until you mentioned the Hulk Hogan thing, I'd completely forgotten about it because we don't fucking care. In fact, if I worked for him, I would just say, Hulk, let's just be quiet about this. Let it go out. Let it run its cycle. I swear to God, by next summer, no one's even going to be talking about it. And the main population won't care. And already you're old and you're fucked anyway. So take your lumps and don't make it a bigger deal because of what you just said. Yeah. You know, I would have. You're right. I would have forgotten. The only reason it came back up into my memory and I, and I ended up catching this online last night is because uh, one of the Howard Stern stations on satellite was replaying an interview from 2012. I was doing the radio station the next was it the next day or two days later where the guy's wife, I was on the radio station. It's in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it was this guy's ex. And I was like, Oh my God, this is just too weird. And, and <laughs> well, he didn't talk about it. I didn't bring it up cause I'm uh, I'm not interested and I don't want to get in anybody's business. Yeah. Um, I think we're at, we're past the point where that stuff matters, which is a, which is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, unless you're like a massive, well, no, look, Jennifer Lawrence's pictures came out and whether we, ignored them or not it the world acted like they ignored them that that went away quick that's right they released all those pictures of all those girls and or whatever it was and and jennifer lawrence was like if you look at my thing it's a sex crime i didn't ask you to look at me whatever but also when she said and the smartest thing anyone's ever said she's so fucking savvy yes I took pictures of myself. I have a boyfriend who's an actor and we're never together. How else are you going to keep them interested? Yeah. Now, we're not going to slut shame her for being human. No. And then we're also going to go, fuck, right. Why shouldn't she? Why she, why can, why is she not prone to all the same sexual ideas that everybody else is allowed? Yeah. Because she's a celebrity. You know, uh, the people that are, 
the chatty Cathy's are just the busybodies of the world that have nothing to do. And that's that's another thing about the Internet. You know, you have to realize that while there's some great work being done on there and some smart people and some smart writers and it's and journalism is still an incredibly important thing in our lives. Um, there's a lot of just pearl clutching nannies out there, <laughs> boys and girls, just I fucking hate this. Yes. And I don't mean to make a voice, but it just it, it, the, 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 the bulk of that population is just a bunch of do nothings who have nothing better to do than to sh- like like the Simpsons thing. Old man shouting at cloud. You know? <laughs> You're just little boys shouting at cloud. Masturbate and go outside, you know. Yes. Go blow up a mailbox. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a lost art, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go cause some real damage. There's still mailboxes. There's mailboxes. Go tip a cow. Like, yeah. go have something. Like, is that what you're going to tell everyone when you get older? I was on the internet a lot. I said a lot of shitty things on. <laughs> you can really go scroll. You have to really scroll. But I said some really shitty things yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a guy who was just playing guitar, and I, I called him a faggot for no reason. Right. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use that word, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awful, awful, awful. Um, yep. Jeez, time is flying here. I, uh, what what more should I squeeze in here before I uh, say that we're done here? Um, let's see. You you brought it up briefly. Yeah. I don't want to ignore that. What? Uh, um, cancer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, let's go I, out on cancer. No, we're not going <laughs> to go out on cancer, but I don't no, want to no, skip no, over no, that. No, no, I'm kidding. I, yeah, no, no, no. I, um, I, it's a, I like to talk about it because um, uh, because uh, it's, I think if you have a good cancer story, it's a good one. Uh, I, uh, I got uh, sick last year on tour. I, was, I had stomach aches before I left for Australia that were diagnosed as gas, and they didn't. My doctor did everything except take an MRI. And when I got to Australia, I was eight shows in, and I'm like, this is not fucking gas. I'm, my insides are on fire. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't stand up. I went to emergency, and they gave me some fantastic drugs, and I passed out, and they took a photo of my insides, and then they said, you have to go home. And I was back to, like, back to my apartment, and I'm like, no, to America. <laughs> you have tumors in your intestine. So I had a thing called non-Hodgkin's B-cell lymphoma, and, um, and I, they sent me back to the States, and I good doctors, and they got in there, and they took out my appendix. Okay. Um, I didn't, that was never really explained. Uh, but they're welcome to have it. And I uh, know because that's always a place that it could jump really quickly and they were fairly aggressive tumors, but they were like, it's funny because cancer has so many different shapes and sizes. Yeah. People always go, what stage is it? Stage doesn't matter. I mean, yes, it means that it's more places than in stage one, but the ty- it's the type of cancer that you have because stage four B cell lymphoma can still be beat. It's just, it's in more places, but it's the same bug, right? So, um, uh, or treated, not beat, but treated. So we treated it. We beat, I mean, you know, I don't have it now. I, I had six runs of chemo and then it was gone. It was almost, it was 90% gone after five. We did a sixth one. I We carpet bombed my insides. Um, I used a drug called, I, I had chemotherapy and a thing called rituxin, which is a, which they think in the future, they won't even have to do chemo. They'll just shoot rituxin under the skin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a strong ass drug, but it, it goes after this particular cancer. They're finding that, they're this is not the golden era, but they are making they're making their way with cancer. Obama today and Biden are like, you know, that's got to be our next moonshot is curing cancer. That's the thing we got to pour money into. And he's right. That's too many people of my generation are dying from it, uh-huh. you know, or we're discovering that that's what was killing people before. We didn't know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's all the different colon and all these different cancers. And so um, my dad uh, and my mom are both still alive. Both have. Gone through cancer. Both have gone through cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. My mom had it on the top of some skin cancer on the top of her head. Twenty, Jesus, 
25 years yeah, ago, yep. probably, and my dad, uh, Colin, just six years ago or so. Yep. Both are healthy and fine, but yeah, scary they're, shit. They're really, there's really, they're really making some, some headway with some of the stuff, and some of them are, they are, and it's hard, you know? But um, but they really are making an effort, and this whole idea that they don't want to cure cancer is conspiratorial. And yes, the drug companies are fucked, and yes, insurance is fucked, and all that kind of stuff. I get it. But at the same point, you know, good people work in that in that in that industry in that field. There are real real scientists out there, really actually trying to make a difference. I mean, they're trying to, you know, they've been thinking about using the AIDS virus to fight it, and watch that thing on Vice. You know, like they really are oh, wow. making an effort. So it is a good time to donate to that cause because. It's helping. They need it. You know, they're finally not just banging around in the dark. You know, it's not like the Nick, you know, where they're inventing cancer cures. You know, they're yeah. they're finally there. And, I, you know, someday we'll might laugh at my treatment or my disease. I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you've always, uh, your hair has been part of your image. Yeah. And you lost all your hair. Yeah, which was good for me. Really? It was good for me to, yes. I think that, I think losing that thing that you were sort of attached to and thinking maybe it won't come back. And, you know, I went out and did some shows with a hat and, I, you know, I went, I can't, that can't be my personality. You know, I love my hair and I love fucking around with it and it actually came back thicker, but. Looks great. Uh, yeah, it came back great. But my, I, the, the, the humility of cancer, um, and it's a real humbling and it also made me, but I did say, I, we were talking about this, I do appreciate, like, and I talk about this on stage a little bit. When I was told in, in, in uh, Australia that I might have cancer, I was so high. But I felt this afterwards. I said, oh, well, I've had a good life. And the guy goes, wait a minute. We're not picking out headstones yet, mate. You know. Jeez. But my first response to you're going to die is, well, fuck, I got 52 years out of it. And I'm a comic. And I did. I went after my thing. I, I played in bands. I played with Nora Jones at the fucking Bell House. And I've done some cool ass shit. I've met some great people. I have amazing stories. I married the greatest woman. I have two beautiful kids. Like I, I've done everything. Now I'm doing things again. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I've all the things I wanted to accomplish in my life. I went after, and I don't feel cheated, and I don't feel bummed, and I don't feel, you know, I want, I want to keep doing stuff. Yeah. Mostly because I just want to make sure my kids get through school. Like I want to keep doing stuff, but I am not unsatisfied. Uh, and so I would say to you, if you are unsatisfied, you should try and get on the right path because you just, you will feel so differently. I'm telling you, I went right, like uh, David Lee Roth there said that I went to the edge and I stood and looked down. It's like, I got really close to dying and, yeah. um, um, and, uh, it made me really like. I think that's part of the internet thing too. Of like, I just don't have time, man. There's trees. There's trees. I bet that really puts it in perspective. There's trees. There's people. Mm -hmm. There's naps. Mm -hmm. There's food. There's like, there's so many other things. I could go talk to my wife again. You know, I said to my car. I say to my daughters all the time, jokingly, but when we're in the car and they're on their phone, sometimes I go, you know what? You're not going to think uh, when I'm dead. I wish I'd spent more time on the phone when I was alone with dad in the car. And they both laugh, and then they put their phones away, and they start talking about their day. And it is sort of true. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna wish you were on your phone more. Mm -mm. You're not gonna remember. You know how like Facebook shows you what you took a picture of last year or whatever, like yes. the other thing. Yeah. Half the things I look at, I go, "What a fucking waste! Of, what the fuck? I thought that was important. What was I doing? Did I think this was gonna make me look cool? Like some of it's cool, <laughs> but a lot of it is like, yeah. I'm looking at myself going, oh, dude, that's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. I like you said, I don't want to. I don't want. Yeah, maybe the selfies aren't a good idea. We may look back at selfies and go, what were we thinking? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, I. You know what? I. 
I'm going to believe that most people look at their this day in history Facebook and go, uh, this is dumb. These, yeah. This, that was dumb. This is dumb. All of it's dumb. Yeah, usually something that somebody sent me is interesting or usually – or sometimes you go, oh, that's when that happened. Yeah. You know, there's certain there's certain like oh that on that day is the day that that particular event happened. That kind of thing I'm, that is interesting to me. But for the most part, I'm like I took a picture of my tire, fuck, and then I published it. Like check it out, there's my tire, and everyone else published a picture of blank their tire that day, and no one's looking at you because they're looking at their thing that they did. And you start thinking about how many times you visited somebody else's actual page or their thing, and you realize like, oh wow, man, I'm putting a lot of work into this, and I don't ever look at it you know what i mean like uh-huh. this is just me talking to me about me <laughs> damn you internet for making that easy to do yeah for guys like me that doesn't mean that's you i don't i'm not i'm not accusing anybody of that <laughs> me on the internet is me taking pictures of me to look at me oh, hey i do i am curious did did you like the way you're describing like hey you know what maybe this is it and i've done everything i wanted to do had you ever did thoughts like that ever crossed your mind before cancers and right in front of you no, I was, I was, I, I, I assumed I was afraid of dying. Like I, I did feel okay, a little bit. I'm like, afraid of dying. I was afraid of it. I yeah. was really afraid of it because I felt like, you know, I got kids and they got, and I, you know, I got to get back on TV or I don't know what, I don't know what I thought. I don't know. And I can't even tell you the shift was so cosmic that I can't undo it. And I don't know where it came from because okay. I wasn't, that did not. And then I literally was like, said to myself, Dude, you are on Dilaudid and Oxycontin and like 10 other fantastic drugs right now. This is not real. Okay. And then when that all wore off, I'm like, I still feel the same way. Like, I'm still taking care of myself. I'm taking better care of myself. And I don't want to go. And my daughter's made it very clear that it would be uncool if I left. <laughs> yeah. But I did feel like nobody got shorted on Greg Barrett. <laughs> Huh. God, you know what I mean? Like my daughters would have only really good memories. And yeah, my wife yeah. is an incredibly competent person that could do it by herself. And, and you know, so I, I guess I guess I was thinking about those things in terms of like all I was thinking about was what their lives would be like. And, you know, um, uh, and uh, and what I had set out to be. And, you know, I've had more luck than most people ever have. And I'm very, very grateful. So it's you awesome. Know. You can look at it like that. Well, it's interesting. You know, I listen to a lot of interviews where, and this, I get this question gets asked me a lot, especially when you do stand up. They're like, well, what else are you doing? And I was like, well, the, I'm, this is what I'm doing. It's enough. And I realized that, that like, we, we value people on their work. And, like, a lot of times, like, when I listen to Marin's podcast, it's like, what happened? You went away. It's like, that isn't, that isn't life. This, my books and my, sh- my band, that's not life. That's what I'm doing when I'm not with my family. Mm-hmm. That's my life. That is 100% my life. My favorite fucking thing in the world is being home with my girls on a Friday night, which is only going to last for a couple more years until they're both old enough to go out on their own. Let's not and talk about I, this. I know. <laughs> Scary. Make me cry, man. Right? But that's the that's the thing. It's like I, I want more time with my wife. I want to talk to my dad while he's still alive. Like I want it, my sister. Like I – that's what I, that's my life. That's the stuff that matters. Those are the only people whose opinions I care about. I could give a shit. Legacy is horseshit. All of that is just some made up thing that other people who are invested in that kind of idea of what somebody should be care about. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of the time, anyway, anyway, I don't want to get too pontificated about this, but that's, that, that is a, a real killer of, for comedians. 
is just think about the work that you're doing and enjoy the fact that you're doing that work and don't worry about your legacy or where you fit in the comedy community or where you fit. Just, you know, just block it out. Get off fucking Twitter. Don't, it's not good for you to know if your buddies are like, just, you know, just stick to your plan and, and you're doing stand up for a reason. You're, you're doing music for a reason. Follow that. Yeah. You know, the old days we didn't know when people got work. Good point. We didn't know what other people were up to. We could only really pay attention to ourselves. <laughs> Good boy. Unless you went to check the mail and you happened to be on their mailing list and you got yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, people talked. Hey, a postcard. Yeah. I mean, I knew when Margaret Cho got a TV show, it wasn't hard to know. <laughs> I also wasn't jealous because I, I made the really smart choice at the beginning of that to go. We were close. She's the reason I started stand-up. She told me to do stand-up. I, I, I went, I am not a young Korean girl, so we're okay. Yeah. That wasn't going to be offered to me anyway. It was never offered to me. <laughs> no. It was never coming my way. Yeah, I, I'd like to see you joke about your Korean parents on stage, Greg Barron. I mean, I feel like now, <laughs> with the way the world is, they'd enjoy a multi-culti set like that. I think people would really, I think Rough. that's probably what I have to do. Yeah, I mean, there are some days where you just walk on stage and go, you know, I am just another white guy. Yeah. And that is going to be, uh -huh. I mean, you know, we're on our way out. We're being, fa we're being yeah. phased out very quickly. And we look, we've had an incredible run. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't here for it. But. No, uh, but it's uh, it's time for somebody else to drive. You know what I mean? It's time for white men to be Australia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, we'll wrap it up here and say that uh, do you sell? I always like to ask if people bring anything along to sell at the shows. Um, not this time. I didn't bring anything. No, Nothing. I have a little bit of I will admit this. I have a little bit of social anxiety. I sometimes hang out after shows and sometimes I don't. If okay. I don't. It's not personal, and I try to let my fans know it's not personal. I just sometimes I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't. I can't. I just can't do it. Yeah. And then, but but I try to come out and take a picture and thank everybody for coming and and uh, and, and do that. And selling stuff makes me nervous too. But I do sometimes, and then I don't. So. Yeah. Very inconsistent. If people want to get any of your uh, comedy CDs. Books. Everything's available at Amazon. Yeah. Everything's available on everything, you know, because mm -hmm. I did them with record companies back in the old days. So yeah. If I make something new, that'll probably be, I'll probably put it out on my own. And my my website is pompahawkchopshop.com. It's like a store. Pompahawk is my haircut. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then I'm at Gregory Barron on Twitter. So you can get my tour dates there. And you're at Facebook. You can get my tour dates there. And yep. Those things just sign up. Happen. Sign up through bands in town. Yeah, or just go. Yeah, sign up through bands in town. Do bands in town. You're never going to have to be bothered by. You'll just get an email. And yeah. I love bands in town. I do tells too. Me I use when it. Anybody is being in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. good. I think it's awesome. Greg, anything else we should be mentioning, or do we cover it? Uh, I think that's it. You know. Um, uh, yeah, I think we covered everything. You is know? there something that's coming like in the next? We can, you know, the next six months, anything you know, you know that you're working um, on. I mean, or... I'm trying to get this hour recorded somewhere. Okay. You know, I'm trying to put this hour that I have that I'm doing the clubs now because it's just about to get like it was really, really swinging about a month ago, and okay. it's starting to get a little. It's, I, you, you can start to feel with your bits are like, oh, I don't want this to get overripe. I'm starting to lose the thing, so I want to get that um, captured as soon as possible, and. Um, uh, and then I never like to talk about things I'm working on because in case they don't show sure, up. Sure, fair enough. So I'm always working on stuff. Yeah. You know. Clearly. Yeah. Greg, this has been awesome. Um, don't wait 11 years to come back. Thank you. Again. I will. If you I'll could try, do anything about that, I, do I it. will. I'll try and come back sooner. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Really fun. Damn. Oh, man. I, uh, that was great, man. I wish you. You're very good at this, by the way.